Hey, thank you. Uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day, of course. Who knows what last Friday was? It, do you know? It was Arbor Day. Yes, of course. So I gathered with some kindergartners and my 11th grade class, and we planted a crabapple tree for Arbor Day. Uh, very nice. Uh, before I read scripture this morning, uh, just a word of, of introduction to this message on location, longing, and living. So uh, this photo is a picture of me when I was a senior in high school. Can you find, can you find me? Uh, the next slide, I'm circled there. I had a nice head of hair back then. Uh, the next slide is pointing to a guy. His name is Dave. I'm going to tell a story about Dave in, in just a minute. Um, and uh, anyway, these are uh, some of my friends from my senior year in high school. <clears throat> Location, longing, and living. When I was a senior in high school during winter on a Friday night, location. I wanted to be in the school gym at the basketball game. That's where people were, that's where the energy, the fun, the community, the competition of the game was, that's where I wanted to be. Now after the game, uh, very often my friends and I would go to a certain pizza place, and it was the same place every time, and so after the game, location, it was at that pizza place. Now longing, I had a desire uh, to be with my friends and to be in the school community on that, you know, Friday night basketball game. I also, at the end of the game, had some rumblings in my stomach, so I had a longing for, for food, and uh, so we would go to the uh, pizza place for some food afterwards. Uh, so location, longing, and then, and then living. Uh, when we were in the gym, oh my, you know, in high school, we cheered for our team with gusto. Loudly, we cheered for our team, and uh, just an exciting time. Uh, then afterwards, uh, we would go out for uh, pizza. Now, my friend Dave, he's very energetic and outgoing, and so uh, when we started this pizza routine, he just jumped in and he ordered the pizza. The problem was, he ordered from his stomach, not his mind, and so he way over ordered. We had way too much pizza. Now, I like pizza, but I'm kind of a cheapskate, and I just felt this was a, a waste of my money. You know, I'm just a high school student. I have to dish out for all this pizza. So after a couple times, I, I actually, I put a stop to it. I'm like, no, no, no. You're not ordering. I'm ordering. And uh, so I ordered from my mind. I knew how much pizza everyone would eat, and guess what? We all had enough pizza, and it was a lot cheaper. And so my decision on how I lived in that moment then affected my friends in a good way. Enough pizza and for less money. Now with that introduction of location, longing, and living, we're now going to think about those three points more importantly from the perspective of God's Word. Uh, let me offer a word of prayer. Holy God, by your Spirit, we pray that you would soften our hearts so that we would receive, openly receive from your Word today, and may your Word have an effect in our lives. We are thankful for this gift of your Word. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. The scripture reading is from Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with, full, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The word of the Lord. And uh, today I simply want to explain how God's word is calling us to the best location longing and living. So first we have, uh, first we have location. Location, the best place to be. Now, uh, where, where would you want to be right now? I mean, of course you want to be here, but then after the service, you know. Uh, where would you like to be? You know, anywhere in the world. You know, if it was me, I would love, you know, to go somewhere I've never been before and hike in an old growth forest. Oh, this would be so good. And each one of you probably has something in your mind of where you would like to be. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says the best place to be is in God's presence. And so you see here, to enter the most holy place. In the Old Testament, they built the tabernacle and later on the temple. And within these two structures, the place of God's special presence was the most holy place, the best place to be. Now think about this. If, if God exists, which I believe he does, and if he created this universe, which I believe he did, obviously, even though we have a lot of great places to be in this world, the best place to be would be with the one who gave us life, who gave shape to the universe and this world, that is the best place to be. And as I look at the alternatives that the world offers, the alternatives of, well, something popped out of absolute nothingness, or that matter always existed and somehow randomly we got to us today, when I look at these alternatives, I see them as, as lacking. And so I, I commend to you this morning if God exists and He created, then the best place to be is in His presence. Now the problem, of course, is God is holy. Absolutely holy and we are sinful. And so the text uh, goes on and says, by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice of Jesus, we can enter in to God's presence. Now, a lot of ancient religions had sacrifices, right? They had sacrifices. But there's a profound difference. In, in, in pagan sacrifice, the point was you did something in order to make the gods do something for you. It was this if-then thing. If I do the sacrifice, then gods, you need to do this for me. 
and you see from God's perspective, the point is not what we do. The point is what God graciously does for us in Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ shed His blood, pain the payment for our sin so that what? We are forgiven and made holy. Not only are we forgiven, the text goes on and says Jesus Christ is a great priest. Simply put, what is true about the priest, the priest being able to go before God into His presence, what is true about the priest is true about you and I through Jesus Christ. So not only are we forgiven of our sin and enter God's presence, Because He is our priest, we are accepted by God into His presence. What a beautiful gift it is. The best place to be is in God's presence and the way has been provided graciously for us through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, sometimes we we don't feel it. You know, I wish I, I felt this overwhelming sense of God's presence more often in my life. And sometimes we don't just feel it. But you know, there's a lot of things in life we don't feel and yet we're still committed to. Uh, Students, you have a test coming up the next day. You don't feel like studying, but what do you do? You study, right? Yes, you study. You may have a relationship that you're committed to and maybe there's a problem in that relationship. You're not feeling it. Okay, fine, you're not feeling it, but you're committed to the relationship. And then, of course, there are so many examples with music and sports. So often you don't feel like practicing and yet you're committed and so you practice. My friends, whether you sense God's presence, feel God's presence or not, we are still called to commit ourselves to seeking out the best place to be, which is in God's presence. Now, let's say for sake of illustration that this light is the beautiful presence of God. Um, It is bright, and here I can feel its heat, the beautiful presence of God. Now, what is the problem that I explained? The problem is our sin blocks us from God's presence, blocks us from this fullness of life that God wants us to live in the way we were created, but the sin blocks us. So what the Bible passage says is that Jesus Christ as our sacrifice by the blood of Jesus and as our priest, because of the work of Jesus Christ, what happens to the sin? Jesus pays the price for the sin. And so through Jesus Christ, we can live in the light, the beautiful light of God. The best place to be is in God's presence. Secondly, we have location, and now we have longing. We have longing. So uh, what, do you, what do you want right now? Don't say you're hungry and you want food. Um, actually, if you're hungry, that's, that's good. Because later today, we're going to celebrate communion. 
uh, to recognize that Jesus is our true spiritual food. And so we have our spiritual food and then we have our physical food, right? So, uh, but anyway, what, what desires do you have in life? Uh, a lot of us have really good desires. God has given us this capacity for desire. The problem is often our desires are sinful or we take good desires and we place them in too high of a priority in our life. Uh, and then those good desires become out of balance. And, and that's not good. Now before I uh, think more about uh, desire, uh, I've got to mention, of course, our desire for the screen. This is something we struggle with every day. Uh, it made me think of the movie Incredibles 2. I don't know if you've seen Incredibles 2, the movie. The bad guy in Incredibles 2, his name was called Screen Slaver. And uh, this is what was said by the bad guy in Incredibles 2. Interesting. The movie was using the screen to critique the screen. Anyway, says this. Grab your snacks. I'll try to do my, my evil voice, okay? Grab your snacks watch your screens and see what happens you are no longer in control i am just let that sit for a moment let us draw near to god so uh, what does the bible say about drawing near to god the first point is not you gotta feel it the first point has to do with your heart and faith. It has to do with what you believe Jesus accomplished. And what did Jesus accomplish? He accomplished, the, uh, the next slide, He accomplished cleansing us from guilt, guilty conscience, and washing us clean. There's this image of baptism here that we are washed clean, we are holy, and so we can enter the presence of God and, and be in the best location. So, to what does, uh, so it says, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. Let me simply say, here's what it means. Let us draw near to God. It means living and longing for a greater awareness of God's presence and a deeper connection and relationship with God let us draw near to God it is living and longing something from within longing for a greater awareness of God's presence and a deeper relationship with God let us draw near to God uh, friends uh, this is a heart issue let us draw near to God and I would uh, say, uh, what kind of desires are you cultivating in your own life? Um, it is true that one of the ways to help shape our desires is to feed more on God's Word. Um, and I'm just going to say this. If I feel in my own life that my desire is waning, going down, my desire for God, and I'm I'm not seeking to draw near to God as much as I think I should. Uh, I'm going to share with you something that I do. I turn to the longest chapter 
in the Bible. 176 verses. What chapter is that? Psalm 119. And I read out loud Psalm 119 all at once. It takes about, about 20 minutes. The whole psalm is about God's word and God's way. And the psalmist has desire just bursting for God and his way. And I am mentored by the, the desire of the psalmist. And God works in my heart as I speak that psalm out loud. Um, and so I, I offer this to you as, as, a, uh, as an idea uh, for your own life. If you feel like you need to cultivate more desire for God. Now, my uh, little question with the light. Can the camera follow me or no? Maybe. Okay, good. Um, I forgot one of my props right here, so I'm just conveniently walking down. It is my phone. Okay. So, uh, friends, uh, the phone has a light, right? There's a light. So, here is... Oh, aren't you impressed with how bright this is? Yes. Okay. So, here we have God's light. I mean, if you stared in this, oh, it hurt. It's, it's, this is bright and this is warm. And this light in the illustration offers true life. But so often we desire this little puny light over this light. Now, why do we desire this puny light? Well, this light we have to submit to it. We can't control this. This is, and we must submit to this light. But this light, I can hold in my hand. I can do what I want with this light. And I can control this light. Or can I? Interesting. Let us draw near to God. Let us look to his light that he offers us. So we have location, we have longing, and uh, last, we have living. We have living. Uh, what do you hope for in your life? You know, people hope for uh, good grades in school, to finish school, a good job, a raise, a stable job, a long-term job. We hope for good health less pain, a long life, harmonious relationships. We hope for a good economy, nice weather, and good politics. This is what we hope for. Now, all of those things that I just mentioned, they're all nice. They're good. But when it comes to the bedrock hope of our life, they're lousy. So what does the Bible say for, in terms of hope and living? Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Now, I typically don't use the word unswervingly in my daily speech. I don't think you do either. But unswervingly is secure. Secure and unmoved. In fact, nothing can destroy it. That is the hope that we have in God. And why do we have that hope in God? Because God is faithful to His promises. Uh, for He who promised is faithful. That is our hope. So one way in which we are called to live 
is a blessing to live in hope regardless of how your life might be going and a blessing. Secondly, in terms of Christian living, it says to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur. It doesn't say encourage. Should we encourage one another? Yes. But spur is like caffeinated encouragement. Actually, even more than that. I mean, it is encouragement, but it is energetic. It is enthusiastic. It has a sense of purpose and mission and passion to it. Spur one another on. There is energy there toward love and good deeds. Question. What is the goal in your relationships that you have? What is your goal in those relationships? Now, we all need relationships. We, all, we need one another. We, God created us as social. But what is your goal in your relationship? What is your goal for how you are going to influence other people and how other people are going to influence you? Spur one another on. All right, well, let's take a look at the light. I have two guys here, Bob and Leo, okay? Now, Bob and Leo are friends, and they are living in the light. This is good. And then, one day, Leo starts to walk outside of the light. Hey, camera, can you zoom in on Bob and Leo? Not, you know, I want I want a close-up. For those at home... You need to see this real close. Okay, so here we go. So here's Bob and Leo. Then one day Leo starts walking away from the light. But where is Bob? He's in the light. Now what is the goal of this friendship? What is God calling Bob to do? He's calling his, his God's call is to get Leo back in the light. Not to go, huh, I think I'll join you over here. no. Leo actually needs Bob. And so Bob's like, Leo, come on, get back in here. And he's spurring him on to love and good deeds to honor God. And, and Leo comes back in. Oh, this is good. And so they're walking through life. And then, uh-oh, one day, Bob. He is out of the light. And Leo is right there saying, Bob, come on. Get back in the light. I'm not, I'm not going to you where you're at, but you need to get back. And Bob is like, thank you. And, and so Bob gets back in the light. Friends, you and I, we need one another because we don't do life perfectly in living. And so we need one another. We need to have relationships in our life that are going to challenge us and spur us when we start to stray they talk straight and say, get back in the light. We're not to join them outside of the light, but get them back in the light. So living in the light, we live with hope and we live spurring one another on toward love and good deeds. Friends, perhaps this week you return to Hebrews 10, 19 and 24. And uh, remember, location longing, and living. The best place to be is in God's presence. And through Jesus Christ, we boldly can draw near to God. And may we cultivate that longing within us.
And as we see uh, people that we have relationship with, with starting to drift, God is calling us to, in love and truthfulness, call them back to the best place to be. Amen? Amen. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are thankful for this world that you have made. We are thankful for the breath in our lungs. We are thankful for the amazing grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that gives us new breath, new life, that makes us born again. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shape and mold our hearts so that we would have a greater longing for you. May we live in hope and may we live alert to how you are calling us to live out our life for your glory. We pray this in the mighty and matchless name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.